0: Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guest hosts or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only.
1: Smartly on the planet we call home, Gaia, Earth, Sophia, Sophia, you name it <laughs> But we'll be nice because we are the ace metaphysicians of the world We are Mystics, Oracle, Psychic, Sager, Sears, Salmon And we deal with cosmology today Our ACO directors are the ones running the show For the Ascension Cosmos Oracles Our nonprofit in Florida now and we're international. We have a lot of different things we do. I basically work on websites every day. If you wonder what I'm doing, developing and playing with different groups and associations. And I've got Scott Breen here uh, in Michigan helping us with our Ace folk life, getting our brands and everything together. We Hopefully can have a better day today with no uh, Richard or Ken going, huh, I can't hear you, you're fading. Because we've had that with MediaCom and my phones, but i got a brand-new phone and a brand-new direct line in from AT&T, so this is sounding a little better, I hope. Guys, you're both on. Uh, Ken's here and Richard's here. Rick Knight, Ken Johnston. I shortened our names because it was easier. So who wants to go first, guys?
0: Doesn't matter to me, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Same I'm with you. wanted wait if I was still there.
1: <laughs> all right, so let's uh keep our phones still. We're all old guys uh Ken uh let's let Richard go first because you you couldn't remember so Ken, uh, Richard T. Knight is Rick Knight, and I'm just making it our stage names as of today is gonna be Ken Johnston with a T, not Johnson. Rick Knight, R-I-C-K, K-N-I-G-H-T, and T.J. Morris. Now, real quickly for the record, for the guys and everybody that knows us, it's Ralph Kennedy Johnston Sr. It's, it is Richard Thomas Knight with a K, like N-I-G-H-T, and Teresa Jeanette Morris, actually T.J. Thurmond Morris, T-H-U-R-M-O-N-D-M-O-R-R-I-S. So Ken, Rick, and TJ today So thank you all for keeping us on air for nine years and being a part of us. But I've noticed that uh, because I'm going under what today? Let's see, entertainment. So this is going to be Let Us Entertain You Day. We're not under paranormal, and we're not under spirituality. So we're going to kick it around as Allied Command Intergalactic Relations, because Ken said I like that. He likes the ACIR. We are the who's who and our guides for us, U.S., and we're building our Ascension Cosmos Oracles Corp., which is our nonprofit in Florida, and we have the history. My work was initially based on art, culture, education, science, technology, folk life, history, world religions, and philosophy. So that gives you a whole bunch of hats, but the literature writer, which is me, and I don't know why it's in all caps, folks, but I just copied it off of Amazon and off of Barnes & Noble. But uh, the literature writer had to become a spiritual scientist and continue Carl Jung's work because besides being the best existent therapy for all mental illnesses and even physical diseases, the unconscious guidance and dreams has a very important religious meaning. The unconscious wisdom helps us eliminate all sins and begin a new life, far from wickedness. I can't believe I wrote that, man, (laughs) five or six years ago. Anyway, my scientific studies simply uh, completed the research I was making through literature and philosophy from the time I learned how to think and started writing my first poems, stories, and philosophical conclusions. But that was back in the day when when Thomas R. Becker and I were doing poems, so that was in 2015. Anyway, my writings were inspired by the unconscious mind, which also gives us artistic talents, and metaphysical, over religious and philosophical, <laughs> philosophical inclinations. Besides producing our dreams, science gives us so many explanations about our reality that it's considered as a source that provides us with the best proof we can understand. Could uh, have about the veracity. Did I write this five years? <laughs> We're catching up folks But we're all meeting again for the first time Like in I don't know what planets we've been on But I'm not sure this one Anyway let me finish this little piece Because that's what you guys read and call in about Okay besides producing our dreams Science gives us so many explanations About our reality That it is considered as a source That provides us with the best proof We could have about the veracity Of our conclusions I used to be a lot smarter than I am now. Anyway, you still need religion, philosophy, and art in order to understand your complex reality. So science is not enough, and the multidimensional truth of our universe, multiverse, metaverse, universe, omniverse, alphaverse, and omegaverse, and I I must have cut and pasted, it says this means that the materialistic mindset of the current civilization doesn't help you understand your reality. So the unconscious mind that produces your dreams is the God you first met in your first religious experiences. Some people still only believe what they were taught in Sunday school and church in America. Ascension of the ascension age of 2012 and beyond, of course now it's 2021, but I wrote this back in the day before it was even 2012, is our becoming more for the health and prosperity for all. So we now share sustainability of our planet and species together as one global brain. And now I wrote that long before 2012 and then sort of nursed it along, and this uh, actually fit today in all caps, guys. I don't know how all that fit, but it did today, so I guess it was important. But I did see I cut and pasted some out of it because it was a little long, and that's where it sort of stops. But this is sort of what we're doing. So, uh, Richard, go ahead and give us the long version, so Ken and everybody, uh, I know a lot of you are new, and a lot of you are really old, so (laughs) we're going to do our best to be the old guys with the ACO directors, and we're three got elected to be the directors, and uh, so go, Richard. You're the big president, and then we'll put the CEO boss on here. Richard, go for it.
0: All right. Well, uh, where do you want me to start? I mean, just... Start dialoguing on on everything is, that you just please? said. Do what now? No, no. I want,
1: I want you to give your background on who you are first. Let's introduce your, uh, you know, like your story of origin. You know, oh, just uh, you know, you know how oh, you I, used to do well, mind in the old days. Sort of give that, and yeah. then Ken can sort of be thinking about how to introduce himself. Well,
0: my name's Richard Knight. And I'm 65 years years young. I originate from California. Uh, I was had a very unusual inception in the fact being that I stayed connected to Source rather than allowing uh, the, the Earth itself and all of its vibrations to erase that connection. So as a result, I was very gifted uh, psychically, spiritually, um, in lots of different areas and aspects. I had 14 senses instead of five, and uh, I used them for a very long time until around the age of 40 or so, and then I started backing away from it to a degree simply because I found that a lot of people reacted with fear because they didn't understand uh, what people are capable of doing or actually becoming. Um, our spiritual selves are actually you know, the greater part of ourselves, and our human existence is a very, very small, minute part of ourselves. But anyway, that's been my perspective all through life. Uh, I've been involved in paranormal investigations, civil criminal investigations. I've worked for the government. Uh, I've done all kinds of uh, interesting uh, studies into theology, philosophy, uh, metaphysics. Um, I've been been writing since the age of 12. Uh, and I've written books, just have, have yet had have to publish them. I've been on the radio off and on for about 10 years or more. And uh, that's who I am. I'm a theologian, a philosopher, a magician, uh, a metaphysician, all kinds of different hats. Um, and basically, I know firsthand from having died and come back that, in fact, uh, there is definitely immortal life besides the passage of this physical self. So that's where I'm coming from. Um, and uh, that's my perspective. I am very broad-minded. I have studied a great deal. Um, I have been involved in organized religion. I have doctorates in theology, divinity, um, metaphysics, and uh, just overall, uh, you know, I'm I'm just very well educated and well read and yet at the same time I remain very open minded and very sensitive as an empath and a lot of different things from that perspective.
1: That and that's really good. good. Yay. All right. You sound really intelligent. I, I think I'd like to know you. <laughs> 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 you may make me smart. All right, Ken. I don't know if you can outdo that guy, but you know you're welcome to try. Uh, give us your best shot of 70, almost 79 years as of October second. <laughs> Did I right. eat and tell on you?
2: <laughs> no, that's quite all right. Um, I'm <clears throat> well, first of all, all we're going to do is just add my name uh, on what Richard just went through because that's very close to to my my story. Um, what I like to be sure people know is that. Um, um, well, now in my case, I died after I was born when I was three years old because I was born with a, a cyst over my right eye, and they waited until I got three years old, and the doctor, same doctor that gave birth to me or brought me into this world um, was all set to do to remove the cyst, and he said my heart stopped beating. I stopped breathing, according to the story my mother and them had, is that he threw all of his operating utensils in here and grabbed me and started giving mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, which was brand new. They had just... Learned a month or so before of how to do mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. And he brought me back to life. Well, in, in my case, when you get to the religious side, of, I think it was a test to be sure that I was willing to um, take on the responsibilities of being in life during this particular time zone. Because that brings us into... Okay. My father...
3: Yeah.
0: But, um, this is me. What are you talking about? <laughs> Richard,
1: did to you me. hear him or did it break up? He was up? fading
0: away a bit for a minute. Oh, really? Oh, I'm so no.
1: glad it wasn't my phone. Good. I'm checking out new equipment. Okay. Yeah, it was your phone or your fade away based on your internet uh, or oh. phone. I, I got new equipment. I don't want them to be fading away today. But uh, that's I, I okay, Ken. <laughs> yeah, we're not well, getting too loud? No, you okay. were fading away. It wasn't your voice. It was your equipment.
2: Oh, your mercy. Phone. Well, I'm with, strictly with a handheld phone up close to my mouth and my ear. Unfortunately, my computer and all that stuff is down. Anyway, to to carry on with that, uh, since I'm, I was um, – when I was three years old
1: – yeah, go back a little bit because you faded, and then uh, I'm going to mute and let Richard tell you if he fades, and then Richard will guide you. Richard, I'm going to mute, but I'm right here if you need me, but tell okay. him. If- okay, sounds
2: good. Anyway, any rate, to, to pick up where I was and go back to getting, whenever I was uh, three years old, um, well, I was born with a cyst over my left eye, and I still have a, a scar right there in the eyebrows, but uh, the, the same doctor... That Gave, gave, me, gave me birth with uh, when my mother in the hospital. Then <laughs> they were they going to do a, a, an operation and move the cyst over my left eye. And it's, they used um, what they used they did, they used ether instead of um um stuff to, to put you uh, put you to sleep. In this case, I went to My heart stopped beating. I stopped breathing. And the doctor the doctor shoved the utensils uh, away aside. Grabbed me started doing mouth mouth and a little three-year-old boy like me. And later they told me that they had just been taught how to do mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, Uh just a few months before that happened. So At anyway, so they restored life. My- hey,
1: ben, it's still, yeah. Ken, it's still recording muffled. Uh, can we do can something speak? different? To, can you set your phone down and put it on speaker, or do you have it on speaker?
2: I have it on speaker right now.
1: Well, just now you sounded perfect. When you said, I have you on speaker, it was real loud. But it's been going. Wait. Z- 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 uh, so wait a minute. I don't just know a what's causing
2: I'm going to try something here. Uh, one now please. you sound
1: great. I don't know what you did Boy. different.
2: I was going to disconnect my power to my cell phone and so see if that makes any difference. But no, that should be. Doing. Well, maybe I'll talk it to the microphone at the top of of the uh, does that help where I'm at right now? Yeah, you're sounding yeah, real clear it. right now. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll talk directly into the little little things at the top of the cell phone. Anyway, back to it. At three years old, he decided to do the tonsillectomy, and the uh, same doctor that had, had removed the cyst and uh, brought me back to life, he said I had come to the to uh, closest to staying staying dead on him that anybody had he had ever had as a um, as a patient. Anyway, um so my my position has always been you know god better had a plan for me and i had to stay around it. so i it's been a fascinating life and experiences and a lot, a lot of tragedies and things and we if we had a couple of months i'd be happy to go over it with you so but right now just to go back there um once once i um i went off to military school went to the oklahoma military academy went up through there and and then uh um I wound up go- joining in the Marine Corps. My best friend, <laughs> here I was a captain in the ROTC, and my best friend at the academy comes in that one night, he says, well, can I joined the Marine Corps. Now, that, mind you, this was right when we were getting really big in the um, the war over in, in, in you know, Asia. With, um, <laughs> yeah, I can't even think of the name of the place. It was pretty bad back then. Anyway, um, my position was um, to... Wow, this happens to me sometimes. As I'll, something else jumps in, and I, I kind of go, blank trying to get to where I was. But um, by, oh, becoming a pilot. So I joined the, the Marine Corps, and then I, I had qualified to become a, a, a pilot. So I, I ceased being a, an enlisted, and I went over to Pensacola, Florida, and uh, became a pilot on jets instead of that. And then I got out and went to NASA in Houston, where my brother was, and which is where we. I became one of the civilian astronauts with the Grumman Aerospace C- Company that was um, taking care of the, the lunar module spacecraft. So I, I have over, oh gosh, over 3,000 some odd hours as a spacecraft pilot, but I never left the planet Earth doing it, but we did them in vacuum chambers and tested everything mm-hmm. before we, we had Neil and Buzz and the rest of them to, um, you know, uh, use the lunar module to land on on, on the moon. So anyway, that, that gets you there. Then, um, after we had succeeded in, in those, uh, and I had 20 years in, the government started cutting back uh, contracts and laying tons tons of us off, and I wound up going um, back out to the West Coast and working for um, aerospace companies and finally got enough time in. Now, you, you said you told me how old you were. Let's see, I was born in 1942, so I'll let people figure that one out. Because some of them consider us a little bit old, but um, age age has a lot to do with what you you're thinking. Maybe I am getting old because I'm having a little trouble keeping track, and that goes someplace. Oh, it reminds me, I could do that, but I have I have this character that's inside my library. You just heard him. He's just, he's an alien, but anyway, let's see. With that, uh, NASA, and I died, and I came back, and and now I'm. Um, uh, working with uh, some people on becoming one of the, the team members to go to, um, to Mars and uh, start our base, our base on Mars. I think that's probably enough information. If, if you can go and find Ken Johnston with the TJ, on the internet, and uh, send me a message, and we'll, we'll take off and go from there. As communicating like we've been friends most of our life on the internet. Okay, is, is that enough information? Do
1: you like this? Yeah. Yeah, would you like to sort of mention how you and I met in 1969 back in uh, NASA days when we were going to walk on the moon and stuff, when you were keeping <laughs> the pictures? you want to talk about that?
2: Oh, well, I can do that. right? One of the, the, the jobs and duties that I had over at the Lunar Receiving Laboratory, um, and, and my job there, though, was actually taking the samples that the astronauts brought back from the moon and then get them in the quarantine area so the the scientists and people could then start stating those. Um, and in my office, it was a data and photo control department, and I think that is where I ran into uh, TJ for the very first time. You know, we, we were considerably younger back then, TJ. <laughs>
1: you, you, you. Yeah, That's but uh, you were- know what- we were a lot. We were a lot better looking. I know that. I don't know how. I was uh, way before my years, or I wouldn't have been able to come and go and have you know clearance and my paperwork and all that. But they chose me right out of a James Bond movie. <laughs> oh, really? So uh, wow. yeah, Richard Allen Miller told me who it was out of Washington D.C. And then Strom Thurmond called me when I was uh, you know my name Thurmond because. But I was in investigations, and he was doing ancestry work. And then he had his people, his secretary, call me and put me on. But I was going to talk to you about that Roswell book, uh, if you had it close by, too, because he was asking me what I knew about UFOs. So I think with between him and uh, J.L. and Hynek and then the, my clearance, and then they had me you know, come back in to uniform after I went out of country and worked at the European Theater, right, and then uh, African Inc., UK. But you weren't involved in all that. You had already left Grumman when I – they brought me back in uh, from uh, uh, ACIR uh, then. So we've got Allied Command Intergovernmental Relations going on now. But uh, did you by chance grab that book, uh, The Day After Roswell?,
2: you believe it or not, I have been searching this little library I have here, and I have not located that particular book. I was going to say one of my books is ken's moon ken's moon, and that's a, sort of an autobiography, but it goes through all the background and and things and events and things we did and uh the fact that I was in a position where I got I got the pictures and of things that were taken by the crew on the lunar surface that shows uh the existence of
0: the little Extraterrestrial
2: uh, things on on the lunar surface. Anyway, that's all in the book. Um, as far as
1: that's where moon, we are, and that's available. Yeah, that's available on Amazon, like mine. Knowing cosmology, and Richard and I, and yeah. you are working on a new book uh, for hopefully this year, uh, or maybe twenty twenty two before your birthday, October second. But uh, okay, well that's okay if you can't find. We'll go cover that another day. The main thing is we qualify ourselves this this month because you know it was May tenth was our anniversary of 50 years, and in 2017, and you and me met at the University of Southern Alabama, and there were right. other people in our meeting, and we had uh, but two of the officers have stepped down, and uh, Richard has agreed to take on. Uh, Janet's place. So he is now our director for the official ACO beginning in 2021 as of officially today, even though he's been helping me with radio. But today we're claiming our director's seats as a uh, nonprofit for Florida. And it's the Allied Command Intergalactic Relations. We're handling ACIR and we have ACIR radio, but a company is American Communications Online. So I've got ACO Wi-Fi is a direct line in my house and another big phone. But we're going to run all our radios and everything and our future events under Ascension Cosmos articles if we do funding for nonprofit. And then all three of us pastors on Sunday have Ascension Center – well, we have Ascension Center organization always as the Unincorporated Association. But it's very confusing with the ACOs, but we have Ascension Church Ohana. ACO as well for Sunday shows. But folks, I'll be having them as separate entities in separate domains on the YouTube channels. And then each one of us will run our own free social media with uh, Facebook, MediaCom, I mean, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and uh, Twitter are the main ones. And Richard and I are working on Instagram with Gwendolyn. Ah, oh, Adams Evans, because she's more up on her Instagram and has many more followers, so she may show up. And she likes Ken. Ken, she uh, showed up Sunday, but she has to do it. She does so many shows in two or three on Sundays, but she tries to show up an hour on Sunday. So tune back in if you're interested. And Gigi Adams, and I've noticed a lot of people of hers on Facebook wanting to join me. So apparently she's out there doing social media work, Ken, so I wanted you to remember Gigi. If you'll write that down on your notes. Uh, G-I-G-I. Okay, G-I-G-I space Hmm? A-D-A-M-S. And she wanted to talk to you and see uh, more about your book. And uh, she is Richard's friend. Richard and her did shows for – Eight to ten years uh, uh I guess we find them uh on her uh let uh, was it g whiz richard uh just sort of inform everybody a little bit about that history because so, we're we're nine years with this uh T.J. Mars Ichi radio, But since you're new with it, Richard, let Ken know and everybody in our association around the world, you and G right here, folks, on the same uh, BTR, which is now bought by VoxNest, uh, which is bought by Spreaker and iHeart. iHeart is now the big conglomerate, I-H-E-A-R-T. And Ken, write that down. That's the biggest umbrella under. It's a big, big brand. So Richard started here with us uh, a few years back, nine years or so, uh, running on another channel with Gigi. Do you remember the name of that Richard by chance? It was
0: it was still Blog Talk Radio. So what was um, the name of
1: the show? for your I don't
0: I don't remember now. There's been way too much water under the bridge since then. Um,
3: Oh okay. Well, we'll let you maybe.
0: you you can you can probably go on to Blog Talk and put and do research, you know, search for spiritual shows or spiritual content and it'll probably show up. Um and of course you can either put my name in or G G Adams Evans. because um, she's she's running now of course G Wiz Productions
1: which you can find her on the internet her, by that. Atlanta, yeah. So right. she'll be back with us, folks. But she's Pastor Gigi, and she's all in. So uh, we needed a fourth wheel or a third wheel, whichever one shows up on Sunday <laughs> or the hour if Richard and I aren't here or Ken. But Ken, me and Richard have been a mainstay uh, for the last two weeks, so I guess we'll keep rolling along, rolling down the river, so to speak, our, our, R. Well, Ken, uh, now Richard's been doing radio here just on another channel, but we've got him here for a couple of months. No, actually February through today, so that's not too bad for 2021. February, March, April, May. Yeah, four months right here, uh, folks. So I know you've got four months of history on Richard for all you historians that want to research him. And Ken's real easy because he's got his book. And Richard and I, bless his heart, he came to me right off the beginning with a huge book that I just didn't have time to help him because it's so hard to get to people's books they've already done. But I told him I'd help him with his next book if he would get his book up, you know, on, uh, well, Kindle and Amazon, like Ken and I, so we can all sort of be even. So. Richard's working on that. It's on his round to it list, right, Richard? Or is it on your bucket list?
0: <laughs> no, it's 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 on my list.
1: Great. Well, uh, now we can get started. I think we're through all the introductories. So now, uh, back to this whole thing of what we're building here. It's off of my uh, Ascension Center organization and my downloads and my book, uh, Knowing Cosmology, Ken. And I still promise to get uh, Richard my book, uh, AC, uh, Life Coaching, because we're going to be doing some life coaching here too. And I do a lot of things and a lot of hats. So does Ken and so does Richard. And Ken was our main big uh, boss spokesperson at all these UFO events. And he got started uh I guess we could start with the UFO stuff, and uh, unless Richard – Richard, do you want to start with metaf- – it's all the same to me, but to some people, they want to unpack it and break it down. Richard, what do you want to do? Because you keep Ken and Bob, because I'm more than happy to go on mute, because uh, I'll learn from both you guys. But uh, Richard, have you got anything prepared for today? Well,
0: for- I mean, you know uh- – Basically, if you start talking ascension, you're, you're talking about the now, the present moment. If you start talking metaphysics, then, of course, you, you basically are speaking of the foundation that has brought us to where we are now, which is a combination of religion and New Age and uh, philosophy and all kinds of different streams of thought and so forth that uh, basically have come in full circle more or less. Because that's what's going on today, is, is basically you have all of the metaphysical and spiritual streams of thought and ideologies and so forth, as well as science jumping into the mix. Because science is basically uh, more or less fortified, or you could say validated, in a manner of speaking, a lot of religious thought or a lot of religious I- ideology, because uh, there's a substantiation of a lot going on that has been believed for hundreds of years or even thousands of years. And science now through quantum physics and so forth has actually come to, to, to say that, yes, there is an energetic source outside of ourselves that exists and has existed for a very long time. And that in turn, this quantum field is basically what sustains us all. So you could say in a manner of speaking that science has acknowledged the presence of God or a god source per se. Um, so then in turn, you know, you've got all the cosmology involved with our science with our astronauts and and all of our science programs and all of that way, which of course Ken is far more knowledgeable in that venue than I am, um, simply because he experienced hands-on with the moon project and all of that. Um, so anything that you could add, Ken, that would that would in turn substantiate, I guess, extraterrestrial existence uh, or ufology, any of that would be, be more than welcome because that, too, is endorsed because, naturally, if we're not the only ones in the universe. Well,
2: um, one, of the, one of the things I would talk about is is interesting to me, and when you, you get to know some of these functions that I'm sure you've been to, and you get in touch with other people. You find out how did they get involved with um, extraterrestrials or, or wondering about that. And, and what I found, um, as I said earlier, whenever I had that um, sister moon and I, I was dead for 39 seconds, so that gives you some idea that uh, God wasn't finished with me yet and made sure that I made it back on here. But um, what I would like to, to bring on with people is we we are not alone. And that's one of the main things that we've we've been able to come to understanding with that when God created the, the earth, the heavens, and the universe, that we um, um, are just a part of what the total existence is. And so when we're looking at the opportunity to have direct contact, now, that uh, is where I'm looking at and I'm staying really close to some of the other people that um, have, have been putting out. Uh research and following up on on supposed landing spots and things it's getting extremely active right now so i'm i the ones I've talked to privately we're in a position where we I can expect that we're going to be in direct contact with other ex- extraterrestrial <laughs> we're probably extraterrestrials as far as they're concerned but um gives us the opportunity to raise the consciousness. Of our generation of Homo sapiens sapiens on this planet of Earth, and we can do that. Stop all of this insanity of uh, who's going to control the whole world and, and kill everybody else off. Humans, humans are a little difficult, and uh, I'm I'm fully capable and ready, and that's been part of what my whole life has been about is is being prepared for us to take that position of within the whole galaxy, the whole universe. So anyway. Um, I'm going to stay involved a little bit more with uh, with TJ with Blog Talk Radio and, uh, uh, and now with you, Richard. I'm sure I'll, I'll have the opportunity. To, we'll be able to talk privately and come up with things that you'd like for me to talk about. Because sometimes, sometimes you know, when you you get brought onto something pretty short, and you say, "Well, what do you want me to talk about?" And I say, "Oh, I don't know. Just bring up what your background and story is," and uh, that can kind of get lost at times. And I apologize for sounding like I ramble on a little bit, but um, I just want to say, okay, as far as um, background, we know um, I, I was dead. I came back. I'm, uh, my, my dad was lost during in World War II, and I took up where he left off and became a pilot. Um, I've got over 5,000. I didn't even keep track of that, pull up my logbook and find out. If, uh, I'm, in fact, I might do that right now. It may be upwards of around 50,000. <laughs> Hours, ah, standby, if I can flip this thing open here. Um, oh, how about um 2,670 hours as a pilot in there? So there have been many times flying where I have come in contact with other things that have kept pace with me and look over and say, well, you know, what? I'm, I'm glad we're all friends here in this universe. The thing that's what we have to do is be prepared to communicate with what else is going on in the universe and hopefully... Um, it'll stay in the realm of peace and understanding, and we, we can grow and we can learn. Now, it, as far as uh, life, growing up with that, it, uh, there are challenges and opportunities that come come around, and we have to just be ready. The, as far as education was concerned, and I, I listened to some of the quality, qualifications that T.D. was talking about, um, you've got some very, very well-educated individuals there part of the whole radio program. And, uh, you know, when you sit down and you start talking with some other people that didn't get that education, you have to be sure that you're willing to discuss it in the level that they are and they can understand. So, I'm not superior to anybody. I'm as down to earth as as I hope they would want to have me, but then I I also will do my best to stay proper and healthy and not – You'll also, yeah, on some of the alcoholic tracks as well as other people things have. So a lot of it is there. In the, um, oh, the,
3: what I want to say is that
2: we are, de- in, in my contacts and information, we are definitely moving strong into this time of contact, full contact with um, extraterrestrials and probably with, with our own selves in past times and it's just going to get really really interesting here we are moving into um a new year and before this before this year is out and i've I'm, I'm already gone on contact
0: we're loser we i don't go. know
2: why this doesn't want to do that because i got it what about in two inches from my mouth really hmm. can you still hear me yeah i hear you fine man real this is strange Maybe it's the – oh, you know what it is? The cable is sliding out a little bit to the phone. Anyway, so I'm saying um, where I was. We are moving into the phase of direct contact, public-wise, that have been, has been tried to be kept totally secret by governments, European, Asian, and uh, uh, ours over here, that uh, they can't keep it keep it secret anymore because – you can just about talk to any of the pilots, and they'll tell you, yeah, we've seen them come up close to us and move off. And um, so, as, as as a species ourselves, we are, we, human, are ready, I think, but much more ready than we were back in the early 40s and further back than that, to accept direct contact with extraterrestrials, and then we will be moving into the the higher phase of intelligence and intelligent beings and the whole universe. So, uh, you know, hang in there. <laughs> if you've ever been interested in wanting to know what ETs look like and what, and there there will be various types, but uh, you will be getting information from the sources, probably TJ and, and Richard, hopefully myself, as to which ones you want to try to stay safe from, because after all, they are not human, but then in they're a species, and extraterrestrials are extraterrestrials. We shall see what it is, and it's going to be happening in my book, and I'm on the ledge of seeing it before the end of this year that we're in right now. We'll be talking about it, and uh, they will have already been landed, and we'll be uh, able to, to communicate directly with them. So that just kind of brings me up to date with where where I am as far as uh, past experience and Unless you want to get down to details exactly when and where I have had contact, because there hasn't been in my life, I'd be more than happy to sit and chit-chat with uh, people that will also experience direct contact. All right. Uh, that's about it for right now. You guys want to jump back in, uh, uh, Richard or TJ? Give me a break, and I'll um,
0: hear something you sure. guys
2: say, and then I'll something to add.
0: <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Well, I mean, you've certainly broadened the topic, and I do. I totally agree with you. I do believe that uh, humanity as a whole, we are fully prepared more or less for first contact with alien beings that up until now have been what you would call hide-and-seek, I guess, because oh, naturally, yeah. there, have been, there have been thousands of people that have had direct contact, uh, myself having been abducted at age five and placed back down with a, a tracking device in my physical body that remained inside me until the age of 35 uh, when it was physically, surgically removed. Um, and, of course, other other <clears throat> kind of contacts where, you know, you see, uh, I guess, other than to call them spaceships, I don't know what else you'd call them, really, because uh, they're not flying saucers, even though to some degree that might apply in, in the fact being that they are various shapes, they're, they're, round ones that have multi-levels to them and then there are ones that look like triangles and then there are others that just appear as nothing more than light kind of like orbs off in the distance and you, they can be photographed and so forth but as far as actually a distinct uh, impression of what they actually are cannot really be said um, but I would say that you know the, the contact's probably been going on for who knows how many hundreds of years. And uh, different civilizations, different cultures, and so on and so forth have reacted to them in various different ways. And, of course, now I'm I'm like you. I, I hope very very much so that naturally they're going to greet us in peace. And I do believe that that's what is going to be what comes about. And I agree with you 100%. There are some that look similar to us, not exactly like us, but they are human in some way, shape, or form, and then, of course, there are are others that are from other planetary systems that are completely alien in their physiology and so forth, Uh, but they've all been making contact uh, telepathically, uh, some physically, some mentally, some uh, in all kinds of different ways, and I do believe, uh, again, I have to agree with you that if, in fact, this does transpire Hopefully, our our consciousness as a race will raise to such an extent that we will be completely fine with it, and we will greet them in you know a, a very peaceful manner, and not, of course, uh, resort to fear and anger, and lash out them out them lash out at them from the perspective that maybe it's going to be some kind of invasion or such.
2: Right, that's that's for sure,
0: and. Uh... I didn't mean to
2: interrupt. Him. I'm just agreeing with you where you're at. That no, that's difference. fine. Yeah. So, um, where do you where do you feel that we'll be moving into now, and and how soon? are you you have you well you you also have had some contact as well as as I have. So I know
0: I know you feel that perhaps
2: But anything more recent that gives you an indication, like I'm going on the on the um, out on the edge here, saying that before this year is out that we're going to have. Publicly accepted um, direct contact, and that's going to be the fun part. Well, fun, a it's fun, where they have to deal with our Congress, our governments, our militaries, and um, make it in a peaceful, peaceful movement for um, all of us as, as Homo sapiens. And um, I'm I'm ready for it. How about
0: yourself? Are you Are you prepared? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you know, um, uh, if I were to go out on a spiritual limb, I would have to say that, yes, from a spiritual point of view, uh, there have been lots of contacts with lots of beings from lots of different races and so on and so forth. But a spiritual perception of a spiritual being connecting with you or coming in, into your environment, of course, is a very personal experience. And a lot of people are going to scratch their heads and say, yeah, right, uh-huh, it's uh, time for him to go to the funny farm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> because naturally, you know, when you start seeing beings that other people don't see and you start having conversations with beings that other, other people can't hear, then, yeah, you know, the, it, it becomes very questionable. But again, this is probably very, a very common occurrence, and of course, I do know for a fact, um, or at least I suspect very strongly, that our government and especially our military has already been in contact with such beings and that part of our technological jump forward in uh, engineering processes and so forth were aided by information given to them by uh, extraterrestrial beings. I do believe that Roswell was very much a first contact. And, yes, um, fortunately, the Secrecy Act has expired on that by now. And, uh, but, yes, we had a lot of beings that uh, have come and connected with lots of different people all over the earth. Um, and, you know, it's time that our government, and they slowly are, uh, believe it or not, they slowly are admitting that, in fact, there are, you know, other beings and that there are uh, spaceships and so forth in our atmosphere and stratosphere, and they have been, you know, taking pictures of them, and uh, it's been noted, noted for the record that, yes, there has been contact, but they are not near um, prepared necessarily to come all the way forward and go on record exec- exactly how extensive that contact was. And, of course, you have to look at it from the perspective that uh, there are numerous agencies within our government that utilize information on a need-to-know basis, and that's exactly where a lot of it stands. Is You know, if you don't have the need to know, then you're not going to know. <laughs> Unfortunately, but, yeah. yeah. For them to come forward to the extent that there is no longer a deniability, in other words, we're talking about, who knows, maybe a hundred, maybe a thousand, maybe a hundred thousand ships all appearing within our immediate atmosphere at one given time, then no, there will no longer be the capability of denying their existence. Um, Now, whether the first contact will be to that extent or whether it will be just one humongous, Ship that you know is is like the size of a couple dozen football fields. I mean, to see such a spaceship of such diameter and such propensity, would it would again you know uh, be undeniable for one, but it would be obviously foreign to our capability of putting something in space. Right. right.
2: Well, the biggest problem I I see, and I don't know if it's uh, disagree with, but it's. Um, the governments uh, have been trying to things, hide the information and how it's going to be able to come forward. It, is, it uh, is not to be where you said hundreds or thousands of ships at once. That would be a total panic worldwide, whereas I I feel the way that it's been moving for the last 50 years more public to the, where we've had a chance as, as um species here, planet Earth, to start accepting the fact that we're not the only intel- intelligent, questionable uh, species in the universe and that um, we're now m- moving into a phase of, of recognition by other intelligent beings, which is go- to be used in a way that would be better off for uh, us as, as uh, earthlings, as humans. So, and it has to do with medical and uh, um, to uh, help us as humans. Be able to uh, survive and and be able to take our place in the universe as far as uh, intelligent beings. There's so much of that starting and going on right now that it's a case of being able to make it go public. To in and, and again, it's our press that it depends on how they handle it. They go into a panic panic phase and a panic mode. Say so this this reptilian looking, which I don't expect to see that anyway. Um, species people go into a panic mode. And they they can't think straight, but when you you're dealing with um, uh, making let's say making acquaintance with intelligent beings, that don't look a whole lot different than we than we are now because uh, uh, that's that's going to be maybe a little bit easier. And then again, if you look at the intelligent beings, if they have, um, you know, I, first of all, you have to accept that out throughout the universe, the whole existence, everything, there they're bound to be other. Uh, beings very similar to what we are here in in our our um, our planet and our solar system. So if you if we've got intelligent um, beings in other other galaxies, then I'm sure they've had a chance to come. If they're if they're coming here, they've had a chance for contact just about anywhere. And it's just a case of us uh, standing up and saying, okay, I'm I'm ready now to. Become educated into the universe and see what it is that that our our creator our our being has made available to us. It's just one step at a time, and I'm ready to make that next step. How about you? You if you well you've already had some contact, and uh, I, I could go into my contact too sometime. Uh, very interesting. And I'm, I'm pleased with the opportunity to meet you, Richard. We can talk some more sometime about how your contact went. And from
0: there, sure has it, has um, it
2: continued continued on any more since uh, your original contact?
0: Yes, and it's kind of hard to describe in words other than to say that there's been telepathic contact, in other words, like uh, the awareness that there is something beyond my my physical sight, but within my awareness uh expanding out, you know. Who knows, possibly to the upper parts of the stratosphere or what have you, that allows me to know that there is a presence up there of a spacecraft and there are beings on that craft and uh, <clears throat> there has been some minor communication here and there. Okay, I have not uh, been privileged with actually meeting them firsthand. <laughs> which, right. Mm-hmm. So, yes, uh, I am very much. Uh, ready for that to actually occur, and I do believe that hopefully uh, the majority of the, the human race are of like mind. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it's gotten to the point that I believe the undeniability factor has spread far and wide, and perhaps that we are ready now um, to accept uh, beings from another Uh, galaxy or another universe or another wherever they happen to be from and, you know, have that first contact. And I agree. I believe they will be peaceful. I agree that they are here to help. Uh, I believe that they will help us medically. I believe that they will help us scientifically. Uh, I will help. They will help us probably energetically as far as the proper use of energy and that kind of thing which all of these, of course, will in turn drastically change our mode of living because there will be a whole whole different construct of how things should be utilized and how things should be um, made use of and, and and this kind of thing. You see what I'm saying? Um, uh, maybe they'll have cures for uh, to get us away from all of these diseases and all of these different things that we undergo physically, maybe they will have uh, potential medical um, solutions to all of that. And, of course, uh, you know, there will have to be a better distribution of food so that we get rid of all the starvation in the world. And, and, you know, hopefully we can get past having wars or, you know, skirmishes or whatever you want to call them currently because uh, there's really – no need for that when it really comes down to it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like you. Uh, why should any one given government or one given power have complete say over the entirety of the earth the earth's resources? I don't, I don't think that that should be the case. I would think that that should be uh, spread out in such a way that there eliminates a lot of um, all of the cruelty and starvation and abuse that is going on currently. I think that it can be abolished very readily.
2: I, I agree with you completely. That's then um, one of the concerns, and that is how our governments. Well, actually, we know how our governments re- have reacted. It would just go back as far as uh, Roswell and, and the uh, almost good contact then. Uh How the governments are going to react? Well, we we know how the governments can react because they've been really closed-minded, isn't it? Um, it it's, it, correct me if, if I'm wrong, governments and people in positions of authority and power don't want to give up that power. And, and unfortunately, that can lead into some very serious situations. Where we are now, and I don't, I, I personally, in thinking about what we were just discussing, that we will not see a Mass of thousands of craft showing up in our universe—that would be like we're being attacked—and it's going to come in more. Kind of, some of those remember some of the. Well, I don't know if you're old enough. Uh, science fiction where they landed right there off the uh, Washington D.C. and uh, and England, right off the, where the the crown is, and all different different countries. They would come and land in um, there to show that you know they're here to help us. Take on a position within the galaxy with other intelligent species and take care of the problems that we still, as, as a species, we have all kinds of medical problems and physical problems and being able to um, support our families. There, there are things that we can learn. And if, in my opinion, it's mine right fast, is if species have made the transition from one galaxy to another to. to come and visit where we are here in this world. Uh, Surely they have learned ways of producing, um, ways to to avoid starvation and no education. I think we would be in a position then with a little help of uh, being sure that our, and and, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, Earthlings, humans are a little strange in that you know, some say, "Well, we've got plenty of food here. The rest of you guys can go starve." No, that's not the way it should be. It needs to be that we all work together as a species, as humans, and uh, make life livable the way our our deity, the way God had it for us, to grow and learn. And uh, that's what I I look forward to. I I had stepped up and taken on the um, uh, not deity, uh, stepped forward and became ordained and, and actually uh, uh, handled a couple of churches that I had working for a while. Gosh, we're talking about decades ago. but And in, in that was just a part of the background and life I had. And I'm, I'm still willing to do whatever we need to do that, that's, that's proper. I guess that's a proper term. Proper term. Um, and the way that we can help each other humans to move into a phase of intelligence beings in the universe and, in of, of all the creation. So well, I'm saying be prepared because in my opinion, uh, which one nice thing about America is we do have, we're authorized to have our own opinion, so long as it's not foul, Go <laughs> too far. So I'm ready. I'm ready. And uh, we'll see just exactly what happens. Uh, When it is made public, and I'm going to stick with what I've been saying all year, is that before the end of this year, Uh, we should be able to to be more in direct public contact, and uh, that's got to be peaceful. We'll see where it goes from there. Can you step in and go from that? Is
0: that kind of along the same line you're at? Sure. Um, I mean, I agree with you. Uh, Naturally, if, if hundreds of thousands of ships... All appear at the same time and completely around the world. Then yes, we're going to feel threatened and we're going to feel like some kind of invasion is going on or something of that nature. Whereas perhaps if smaller ships are used and they're sent to all of the, um, I guess you could say, seats of power to all of the governments around the world from all for all of the countries around the world at the same time. Um, and, you know, the, the the hand of peace is extended and say, hey, you know, we're here to help. We're here to um, show you things that will make your lives a whole lot easier and show you different ways to manipulate energy and different ways to manipulate uh, sustenance and so forth. And, of course, uh, you know, possibly to do away with a lot of illness and suffering and so forth. And I think that that would be very warmly received more so nowadays than say even a hundred years ago or less, you know? Um, right. But again, it's a mindset, you know, it's, it's not only going to the point of saying, acknowledging first and foremost that of course there are other intelligent beings and intelligent species within our, within probably our, within our, Uh, cosmos or within our universe or what have you, that in turn yes, if they can certainly travel from however many light years away they are from us then obviously they have gotten to a point in their uh, civilization and so forth and uh, that they have advanced quite a bit farther than we are, at least as far as technology goes and if, if they're more advanced in technology, then more than likely they would have uh, overcome a great many things that currently causes a tremendous amount of chaos within our uh, reality per se.
2: So, uh, Richard, how, how would you
0: How do you think or feel
2: that uh, the open, the the news, the press, anything else steps in before the, the government can shut it down of direct contact and public and wherever the craft or the beings I mean, how our government is going to handle it and, and or some of those that don't have much of a, a, a government do you have any, any personal feelings on how you think that's going to go what's going to happen
0: um, I think the majority of governments may be open minded to the extent as long as they do not feel in any way threatened yeah. um now, of course, yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of places in Africa that do not have formal governments, per se. Uh, there are lots of uh, countries that have uh, governments, but they, they don't have the same ranking of communication that we enjoy on a daily basis. They don't have all the news services and, and all, all that kind of so forth. As a matter of fact, it's our news service that often tries to cover the world to some large extent um, in reaching out to bring news or to get the news of what's going on in a given particular area out to the rest of the world, um, I would hope that uh, there would be no overt control of the press. I would hope that the press you know would be allowed to uh, make public announcement over the airwaves, regardless of what radio station or or regardless of what television station it happens to be, hopefully several at the same time so that in turn these broadcasts can in turn themselves make an announcement worldwide that this is what is going on and that it is being received on a peaceful basis and that there's no need to feel, you know, threatened by them or, or so on and so forth. And maybe even, you know, put them directly on camera and allow them themselves to introduce themselves and this kind of thing rather than uh, being all closed door where they land and they're suddenly rushed into the white house and all the doors are closed as to what's going on. You see what I'm saying? That secrecy right. thing. Um, I think <laughs> it is a point in time that we do need, you know, to share such knowledge commonly.
2: Um, yeah. They, it's the main thing is to try to prevent panic because, um, you know, we and and I'm seeing you, myself, and DJ and others. We have been in, and, and I'll use the word contact but it, it, with um, intelligence in the form of um, not just the education, but in science and uh, uh, and, I, and I'm sure that there there are other branches, astronomy and those folks that they have a lot more knowledge that they're dealing with. But now here we are in a position to, with radio, which we're doing now, and to start putting out information, and uh, it, it'll be, I think it'll be a little bit, not not real slow, because so let's face it, they land in, at the White House like they've had the science fiction movies and things. It's always been kind of a panic, but when we have been, had all these years of science fiction movies, good ones, not the panic ones, and our um, other forms of, how our universe was put together and where we we think that there would be other intelligence. If it can be made public slowly like that, by slowly, I mean, it's been going on slowly. And I think that's been slow enough. But my source is correct with regards to before the end of this year that we are in right now, that it'll be the main subject to everybody's talking about where we are, who, who came in and, landed where or what have you uh, what is the story they bring in, they're bringing into us what's going to be our next step uh, is it going to stop the wars and things that are going on even right now and that's a problem when you have homo sapiens sapiens that someone has the way to get the biggest club and beat those around them to where they're, they're just you know what I'm saying is those that are dictators those that want to have all the power and control themselves, they're the ones that we will have the most difficult with, not the aliens. So uh, hopefully they'll be in a position to uh, – I hadn't thought about that until I was asked to talk and discuss it with you. But wouldn't it be nice if uh, ETs could just simply uh, have a pre-programmed – they pro- uh, produce it over a radio or television base, where those that have the attitude that they're going to control all the humans on this planet – Get frozen, kind of, you know, where they can't talk. So we'll get them up for a while, I mean, until we can get the whole world in a position of realizing that maybe deity has decided it's time for us to learn that we are not the only intelligent species in the universe and that our creator purposely made more at different times so that we are at a point now of becoming part of the. The, the family of intelligent beings throughout the whole universe i so i i guess had the it sounds like you have too the pleasure of now let's say abduction i guess if that's a good term you 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 want to el- elaborate a little bit on what what your experience was or if it's old you've already talked about it that I'm a little slow on that, but i'll I'll be happy to step in and, and start with mine
0: but why don't you tell me how you feel that you've had direct contact? Well, I was only five years old, okay, and I was swinging on a swing, and I was swinging as high as I could swing, and I wanted to touch tree branch with the soles of my feet. Of course, I was wearing tennis shoes at the time, but I was swinging, 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 and all of a sudden, a grand arc of light, like a a tremendous spotlight, was shining down on me, and the next thing I know, I was no longer in the seat. Of the swing, I was then transported somehow, whether it be by the light energy or whether by what means exactly, I cannot tell you because naturally I had no perception of it at five years old. But uh, I was brought aboard uh, some kind of very large craft. Uh, I could only see the bottom of it, and the next thing I knew, I was inside the craft itself. And I was uh, standing at first. And there were beings, uh, some of them were green, some of them were blue in color, um, and basically, yeah, they had, they had arms and legs and heads and eyes just like we do. Uh, they were not of the same physical constitution as we are, uh, but at the same time, I felt that I was being welcomed and that I was, I was, there was, I was not afraid. I didn't have a fear reaction at all, and I was laid out on kind of like a a metal table or what have you, and uh, they were standing around me and looking at me and so on and so forth, and I was not alone. Uh, there, were, there were many other children in, in many other table kind of situations with bright lights over them and so forth, and uh, I don't remember exactly what all went on because I guess, you know, they put me to sleep or something or... Did something anyway, but I felt uh, very different as I began to wake up, and as I began to wake up, I was no longer on the swing. I was now back in my bed inside uh, the place that I was actually residing at, so I had you know, un- uh, incontrovertible proof that obviously something had happened that it wasn't just my imagination. That in fact I had gone from being on a swing set out in the, the yard to all of a sudden being in a in my bed in my bedroom at the uh, Catholic boarding school, who I was where I was actually living at the time. But there wow. were, as far as I know, there were no other witnesses because obviously uh, this happened. How long exactly it happened, I don't know. Uh, all I know is that uh, it had gone from being like sunset to being uh, dark. So, you know, obviously it had transited into night. So who knows? In our time frame, maybe at two or three hours. You know, obviously in their time frame, maybe a minute or two. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Because. Uh, I can't say how they would measure time or not measure time. All I know is that uh, when I returned um, a very short time after, I uh, was sequestered basically uh, because I was gifted. So I was a telepath and I could read minds and this kind of thing. So they treated me very differently from the rest of the children. And they more or less, uh, instead of sending me to school per se, they sent me upstairs to a library, and this library had thousands of books, and it had uh, a couch you know, where I could sit and so forth, and I would pull books from, from, the, from the library, and I would begin reading them. And a lot of these books were, spoken, were written in different foreign languages, and I, it didn't matter what language I came upon, I could actually read it. And so I became uh, what you would classify as a savant of languages, that I could read, speak, write, and understand uh, 14 different languages. And this went on for a while. Uh, I don't know exactly when it really ceased or if it ever has ceased. Uh, obviously, today I am not fluent in 14 languages, um, and if that were meant to be, Part of what what the reason that I would have been here for, then obviously I would have joined the United Nations and become a language translator of some kind. (laughs) But obviously that was not to be, okay? (laughs) Instead, uh, you know, uh, my life has has been very interesting. Uh, There have been hundreds of experiences with uh, all kinds of different entities and so forth. Um, all kinds of mystical experiences, all kinds of, uh, you know, spiritual journeys and that kind of thing, um, as well as, of course, as doing civil and criminal investigations, uh, being involved with our government as an inspector with immigration, um, and different other things of this nature, um, where I was involved in investigations uh, into other not-so-nice organizations or whatever, and um, But basically, I I have continued to always uh, go out of my way to help others. And I think that's probably the main reason that I'm here is so that I can help others. And maybe, who knows, maybe our helping others is helping people to understand that, you know, yes, this is where we've gotten to. This is where we've come to. This is where we are as a race. This is... This is the next step that we need to take forward because it's not purely a step forward in greeting other intelligence beings. It's also a step forward in being recognized as an intelligence race and that race joining like you could say a brother-sisterhood of the galaxy or of the universe uh, where there are lots of other intelligent races from lots of different planets and lots of different galaxies and universes. And uh, so it's, it's kind of like you said, being welcomed into a family. And as a result of that, I do see also that uh, we are going to step forward on a conscious basis. We are going to become more consciously aware in a very hard to describe uh, or put into words aspect other than to say that vibrationally and frequency-wise, our vibration will rise so that in turn we um, we are more consciously aware of things and more consciously connected to each other on a conscious level than we are currently because currently naturally we are we treat each other as purely individuals and i think it's this individualism and the separateness that basically creates all of the problems that we have to a large extent because like you said you know one one given individual wants to seize power And have dominion over a given set of people or a given culture or a given country or what have you. And that has basically been historically the way we have been. There has really been, excuse me, no grand reaching out other than through the UN and, of course, compacts and treaties and compromises and things of this nature where you have our government acknowledging other governments around the world and working together to some limited extent. Um, If we step out of that and say, okay, we are all one race and we are all brothers and sisters of that race, we can therefore reach out openly to aid each other in a much larger and grander scale than we have ever done in the past. And like I say, it's, it's, it's... in a manner of speaking, it's almost unimaginable because our our history uh, you know says that yes we we are very um, self-contained, we are very um, ideological in regards to how we should govern ourselves and make our laws and so on and so forth. and all of a sudden you get an outside race that is Thousands of years in advance of ourselves, and they are showing us different ways to manipulate energy and different ways to do things that, in turn, help us to take a giant leap forward in comparison to where we are now. I'm, you know, like I said, I can't. Since we are not there, and I have not even had a taste of it, it's very hard to say. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't
2: that the truth? As, As as a kid. As a little kid and um, have you had the experience like well I'm gonna say what I want to be sleeping and then in my sleep I find myself in in another um, totally different location place environment planet town in tall tall buildings uh, with direct contact with the people uh, people there and craft that would could fly in and out and um, and then wake up with lost time but yet um realizing that there was an awful lot that that was taking place um and i'm i'm of course we we are going to find people that that may you know what i'm saying people listening into this conversation that we're having with each other they're going to say oh these people are crazy because i'm gonna say you know teleported now Scientifically, they're thinking it is there's a possibility that we can do that. But I'm saying as, as a a kid, a child, a young, you know, first grader type, was to be teleported to another planet for training and being there for a while, but yet then brought back to Earth at the same time period where, uh, where I was before I was picked up and taken. I've never talked about those, these things before, but yes, um, the... Experiences you've had that I've had that other people find hard to accept, is, it may become a, hopefully a lot easier when we have direct open contact and um, direct contact. So I, I'm, I'm comfortable with and people like yourself and like myself have contact. We probably are going to be put in the position of helping our our. Friends, our homo sapiens, sapiens, other contacts, uh, back, not back down, but to relax and learn because it is going to be a whole case
0: of learning and accept you know, what was created. What was created. Bring the microphone just a hair closer to your mouth. I am just, well, let's see here. Let me, there you go. You got real clear,
2: see? really okay i I've opened it up because I had the I had go. it all together. is that okay okay, sorry about that Because uh, I want go i have my computer all back up again and my microphone so that things will work anyway uh i i'm I think we are at the very edge of moving into direct contact and to moving into being able to um to put down the, the arms of Control of other people, and yet um, be in a position to accept the the knowledge and experience. The whole thing's going to have a lot to do with what our ET um, probably, <laughs> direct context, look like. Because you know we have science fiction, and we have everything from from monsters to uh, intelligent beings, and uh, you name it. Uh, science, not science, I should say. Our our Hollywood people have just about tried every other kind of uh, existence, but yet um, I, th- I, I really feel like that it's going to go a lot smoother than what we think. And, uh, and can I can be... on so add
1: a little bit on that. I'll add a few minutes on that talk about what uh, happened to me, if you don't mind. Sure. I'm trying to separate it from like you guys when you're a kid. When so most people that have had uh, their lives uh, impacted are influenced by extraterrestrials, uh, ergo this T J M R C T radio brand and it's been on the show nine years. You know we've been pulling this, but uh, you know when I was a kid, uh, Ken, I was uh, died of hepatitis second grade seven and they went and got a machine from New Orleans and brought it up and took all my blood out. So that's how I know I died, but I saw angels. So, you know, to me, they didn't want me to talk about it. So I was willed the next year to go to White Sands, New Mexico, and uh, uh, I uh, I told this to the niece, uh, our daughter of Hot, William Hot, because she wanted to know my story and know if I'd help. Uh Uh-oh. Ken fell off.
0: Ken, huh. still
3: there?
1: It says he's here, but at the same time, it says he fell off.
3: Uh, I hope he'll I'm come sure.
1: back. all right? Well, hopefully he'll come back.
3: Let's see. It's loud and clear. There you go.
1: There you are. I wonder, okay, Ken. I thought you. I offended you. Did I offend you?
2: I didn't hear a word you said. <laughs>
0: You put him on you, maybe, or something? Weird.
2: (laughs) You you (laughs) want to insult me again? That way I can hear it,
1: okay? Well, no, (laughs) I I thought maybe I will finish. I was going to tell you about uh, when I was a child and when I died, so I'm curious as to how all this works with these extraterrestrials, because I had beings my family couldn't see as a child. So they thought I was highly intelligent because I could remember stuff really, really good from the time I was born and mother would say, you, you can't possibly remember that. You weren't even two years old and they you know, she'd read Doctor Spock and was quoting to me what I could and couldn't do as a child. And I would quote back to her exactly what happened with a memory and she would just be in awe. And then she couldn't see these beings that I was speaking to that wouldn't let her see them. So in my reality, okay, in this reality, even though my mother's passed, she never believed in UFOs. She never had that. But she did die, she thinks, or extraterrestrial experience, why they call it near death, when she ate a peach pit because it tasted like almonds. They said... Her and her brother, and believe me, when I was growing up, we always, in the 50s, tired in the south, had lots of peaches. But they ate peach pits, and it had something in the pit that smelled like almonds, but it's like cyanide. But her and her brother got really sick, so that was her near-death experience. But she was always psychic and could tell when certain people or planes or certain things were going to happen. And then she was a great writer educator, but she never believed in UFOs, but she liked Stan Fre- Stanton when he'd call me or we'd talk. For some reason, she'd listen to me and Stanton talk, because when uh, Stan Friedman came into my life, she had moved back up where I'd had surgery on my back and neck from a, a truck driving accident I had, broke my back and neck. But anyway, the thing is, As a child, that's one level of existence in your story of origin, mine too, Richard's too. So we all have that in common. But I find it curious that they had me go over to White Sands, and I had relatives that just happened to take me to White Sands and other guys that worked for the missile range uh, there at White Sands. And then later on, uncles came through while you and I were working, you know, NASA area. And stayed with me, my, me and our mother. I had the house out in Clear Lake League City, you know, in Diamond Duplex Apartment for Newton B. Schwartz. But uh, my uncle stayed and worked at NASA, all right, and stayed at our house in Houston. And he was he was married to my aunt. What was her name? Well, my, Esther Bolton was my mother's, and then mother was Teresa May Bolton. Thurman, T-H-U-R-M-N-D, and then she was married, married, remarried, when he came through to Houston, she was married to Charlie Thomas. But my uncle worked at NASA and uh, stayed in our, Catherine, that's what it was, Catherine Smith, and she married whatever his name was, and I don't remember. And he slept at our house in our, uh, we had four bedroom, two bath, and six kids. But he, uh, we had a formal living room and then a big den, you know, high vaulted ceiling and he slept on a makeshift cot in that extra den or whatever you want to call it. So he wasn't any imposition. You know, we had two kids per room and the mother off of the. I don't know why I'm going the details of that. Nobody wants to know that. <laughs> this is for his two folks. I'm going to go into the details. So you got to be careful. Okay. Back to the. Uh, I was wondering, you, you spurred a memory of me going into Area 51. And uh, when me and my husband were told to disregard the warning signs, that made me feel really weird. Uh, but we went; we were allowed because we were truck drivers, right, for the government, and we pulled from Microsoft U.S. Treasury. And to be honest with you, I don't remember what we were carrying, but as over-the-road truck drivers, we were both government, prior government, in and out of uniform, in and out of Europe and you know Germany and S2 division and 3 corps and Fort Hood. And then I signed a new contract in Fort Hood by the time I was driving a big truck, but they had a government contract they wanted me to fulfill, or they had a government job, and they wanted me to have it. But it was real spooky because the men in black, that's all I know to call them because they would never tell me who they were. They hired me uh, over and over again throughout my life, You know, not just out of the James Bond movie when I was 15, and then I met Sonny's chair at the Hobby Airport. Then uh, I went over again uh, to Roswell to uh, Walter Hout, Glenn Dennis, and what was her name? But anyway, I talked to the lady about my uh, UFO experience, you know, going over to White Sands and seeing a UFO come over the White Sands. And then that's when Kevin Smith had me on his show. But then he died of a heart attack, and then I wrote for Dirk Vanderplug in UFO, and I guess he died of a heart attack. I don't know, but it was sort of spooky because everybody I would tell my story to in the public, then people would die. It's probably just a coincidence. But, well, I'm going uh,
2: to uh, hang up now since I know you. <laughs> it's, um, it's dangerous. No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: I know. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? I mean, it's yeah, it is just coincidental stuff. But, uh, you know, when I went to Area 51, well, that's not what you called it. It was some kind of, you know, it wasn't, you don't, they don't sell you that on your orders or anything. You know, what it is is the truck driver signed for the paper, and then it's your responsibility till you get there. And then they, what they would do, once you drive in, if I remember correctly, you would, uh, park there, drop your trailer at the gate well, you're inside the gate, you know you're inside the warning signs and inside the gate, but inside the gate, you know they have the security guys and the and then they the trailers and I think you drop it, and then somebody else comes and takes it to the secret place right yeah. and then brings it back out at night and you hook up or get an empty trailer you You get your trailer back. Does that make sense? So, what was your?
0: Not to interrupt, but what was your direct experience with ETS?
1: Oh, uh, which you mean during my whole lifetime after I was child? You mean as an adult? Or no, no, no. Oh, well, (laughs) me and I had when I was going in and out of Hawaii, and they were uh, taking me to Las Vegas. That was a different group of men in black. They would meet me and uh take me like Janet Airlines or on the buses they parked at uh what was that p name Art Bell talked to me about it. They had me go up there they had me do things and then retrace my steps with the uh by the way some of these shows of these kids don't know the real truth. But it's not classified. They just have to investigate. Some of these shows they're putting on History Channel are not accurate. It's very embarrassing because we're still alive, Ken. But they're telling people like Janet Airlines. They're coming up with dumbass names for Janet Airlines in Las Vegas. It's just Janet Airlines. The guy, and this is not classified, folks. This is the CIA dude from security out of Washington's wife was named Janet. Okay, so they named it Janet Air Because he was going in and out of security for Area 51 But there's a whole bunch of stuff That people just don't investigate Okay, I lived through it So I know it I mean, that's why I know things But it's not classified It may have been at one time But, I mean, I just know stuff But, uh, anyway, that's why it's Janet It wasn't some secret J-A-N-E-T Or something on one of those shows Uh, One of these guys (laughs) These kids are so dumb, they don't do their oh, research. Know. They just, Well, they, they just are skimming to get a little bit of knowledge out there for these shows and then act like they don't know. And it's on our – the deep files were made public, but I was telling people this for nine years, just – do your research, you know, and people won't do it, Ken. It's not like of course I had to do it my whole life, you know. And, and I know you did, Richard, and Ken you did because we went to libraries and then you'd go to the local newspapers and you'd dig up the newspapers and then I I was a gum show and so was Richard out in the field. So we know how to go and investigate and sit in cars and watch people and you know all that kind of stuff. But I was arson fraud segregation too. But uh i'm i'm totally avoiding your question i noticed richard you're going to have to ask me real different questions cuz i've got a lot of those individual stories that aren't quite qualified as top secret because nobody knew about them so ask me a direct question at what age but, you know as a child uh there were those uh come and go ets that nobody could see, and then uh, after I died, and then with the government, the extraterrestrial psychic abilities and then when i went I flew to Grumman uh where Ken was, or Ken went up there and uh but uh I saw that some people couldn't remember like Ken now when I went to las Vegas uh where the Janet Airlines was, and they got me off a plane once, and I was trying to this guy that were uh a whole bunch of people were trying to get me because I got on Janet Airlines, and uh, it was a real big scandal. Somebody got me out of it, but I don't know who. It was a really big deal in the airport. It was a big scandal. So uh, I guess security, but I don't know who it was. But some people that were wearing white robes and buns on their head, I remember them, but uh this black guy and i don't I hate to say of color, but that's how I remember him so are we allowed to say black afro american on radio i don't people say black or people of color now, but it was a uh, I've always had people of, that were of color in my life, you know black people you know uh afro americans i don't know what the political term is these days, but uh regarding Richard. The Las Vegas scandal was over uh, the buses or janitor Airline or people recognizing me coming and going in Las Vegas. But then uh, the thing with Dr. Richard Allen Miller and him and I with Krell was talking in a room with ESP. But what they did, they would take me and use my brain because the ETs like me. I guess they, they uh, recruited me for that. I always were you know because I was a child I believed in them and I really believe you have to be a, uh, acknowledge life and death and not be fearful of people that don't look like us and uh, they groom you for that or either you die I think me dying uh, two or three times and coming back is a big part of what they uh, why they used me I don't know at 8, 16, and let's see the next time was when I died with Gigi. And I came back. I always lose my blood. I lost all my blood then, and my stepfather had to give me blood. But then how did I make it to Vegas? Okay, I'd already gone. They recruited me again in uniform. I was recruited in 67. I was taken to work on the Roswell case with Jesse Marcel Sr. and Stanton T. Friedman. And so the Navy got me and took me to Balboa Hospital, checked me in there, gave me an HM3 as Thurmond, HM3, Then uh, I went up to China Lake, all up and down the coast in California, doing ESP stuff California, and the ETs wouldn't let me. They'd fly over us and stuff and follow us, Uh, but they wouldn't let us take their pictures. I tried. They wouldn't let me. So I was used in a capacity like Richard Allen Miller training people and then working uh, marine SEAL teams like he did. You train the recruit people coming in that have abilities. Project Pegasus, which Ken and Andrew Bishago talk about, because they were involved in that. But what happens is uh, they will take you and use you and return you back. Now, another part of it I don't understand, Richard, is – some people at the casino because I was playing with Red Fox poker and he liked me and I was like how do I know Red Fox and Red he just laughed so there was important people involved with extraterrestrials including Red Fox and the casinos but they would have the men in black take me and put me at a casino and I would do uh, poker uh, run up a lot of money and they'd sit me down, and I could do it with my mind. And they would show people, you know, how you could twelve, twenty-four, thirty-six, seventy-two, one thirty-five, and you just run it all up. And then they'd start switching uh, casino people. Uh, when I'd get to the five hundred or thousand dollar chips, especially at Caesars or somewhere, they would uh, every they would every five minutes or ten minutes. I was making so much money, they were flipping out. The dealers to see if that would mess my brain up. So it was like when you're a golfer and you're in a zone. You know what the zone is? That's, so apparently, I don't know who was testing me, but they... It had to do with extraterrestrial your mind and how we work for the government in and out. But I don't know who actually the government contract because... The intelligence community changed. Everything changed over 50 years. So we went from uh, Yvonne McCutcheon's ACIR NASA to, let's see, ACIR. Then the men in black came and talked to me when I was with ACIR Arson Fraud Subjugate. I hadn't gone out of country yet. Then they put me out of country. Then they brought me in country. And uh, then the Reagan thing happened. And then uh, they wanted me to see what they could do. So they showed me the Reagan thing. And then the Reagan thing happened. Then Tom, my husband, uh, worked for Reagan. And uh, we both got together, but we repelled each other. Uh, something about. Like me and uh, Ken, you know how me and Andy, me and you and him were together, but Andy wouldn't be in the same room with you and me? You don't remember that? I do. Oh, you do? Yeah, I
2: remember that. You just
1: come back because you didn't remember it for a long time. So that's coming back to you?
2: Yes, it is. And uh, that was uh, that. Oh, the dinner we were having there.
1: And I see, uh, Richard, I don't know who does the – where your brain won't remember because they say you, you don't have memory in your mind or in your, or in your brain. So it's all out in the universe and around you. And then we have this aura six feet around us, right? And so it's – you know what I'm talking about, Richard? It's like reading I know the that, I
0: know that the government uses a serum, okay? There's a serum that the government uses that will actually block receptors in the mind that allows you to mem- to have memory. Okay, I do know that for a fact. So the government has a serum that can erase memory. Um, now, as far as ETs are concerned, uh, I'm not sure if they're using an energy device for exactly what, but they, too, have the ability to erase memory, per se. But uh, let, me, let me just kind of in, encapsulate what you've shared with us, if I may. Um, so sure. basically your experiences have been where you've had direct contact as a child Um, Where you were basically being teleported Similar to experiences that Ken and I have both had uh, Where you're kind of teleported mentally While your body is at rest You're up somewhere else on a ship Or else in a a different civilization On a planet somewhere else And you're interacting with these other beings And then of course Naturally you, you find yourself back in bed And sometimes you remember what's happened And sometimes you only have vague memory Of what's happened Now, other than that, uh, there was an incident, of course, where you did, in fact, see a UFO. I'm not sure how far away you were because you were mentioning that about white fans. And then in turn, um, you would have to say that there's been a constant contact for many, many years throughout your life between what you're describing as men in black, which I'm going to presume were agents of the government who basically were nondescript and you didn't know who they were working for or who they were working with or anything else because they gave you no description of any kind. Rather, in turn, they utilized your abilities by bringing you into specific situations at particular locations. And then, in turn, there may have been some kind of ET influence as well that was involved because your abilities were enhanced at specific places for specific reasons um, because you keep referring to the men in black. Now, of course, from my perspective, the men in black, there are actually two um, descriptions of them, I guess you could say, one of them being government and those being actually ETs that are, again, appearing to be dressed very dark, and they come into situations Sometimes that are drastic, such as a life a life about to be lost, or sometimes an accident about to be happening, or these kind of things, and they interact and they modify things so that the, the what's happened is more or less undone, then there were also instances where you were actually teleported from one place to another, and yet at the same time, while this teleportation happened with whatever you were doing where it was that you were teleported, you in turn were teleported back to where you had been. So it was like, uh, you see, that's that's another thing that they utilize is the area that we question ourselves because we have to question, well, was that really real? And did that actually happen? Or did I only experience it in my mind and it's not really Physically real at all, because it's no lost time. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah so that's like the significant playing, thing.
2: You're,
1: you're, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you're on the right track. No, that's why I think you need to write the book and listen back to this recording for Ken and I. And you just write it. If you want to call yourself okay. a ghostwriter or the editor or the third person or Ken, you don't care, do you? But he, you and I need his help. So does. Andrew Bashago, but Andrew would have to give it up because see, it, uh, I don't mind working with Andy, but Andy uh, ha- repelled like my husband. It took me five years to work to get with Tom, and I don't, I don't have five years. And Andy met me twenty seventeen and hadn't had anything to do with me since because I showed him my Pegasus, and he knew. I worked his Pegasus, right? He had a Pegasus. Just so you know, Richard, that's why I need your help to write this book with Ken sure. because he wants – he likes – he likes, he doesn't like Andy Bishago. God, the whole world loves Andy. But Andy was trying to tell what was going on with him and his dad, and he made it on television, just so you know, on – right. uh, that guy in Minnesota that ran for governor, but I can't remember. I think he was some kind of wrestler and a Marine or something or a Navy something. Ken, what was that guy's name in Minnesota?
0: I'm a total blank. Sorry.
1: Yeah, me too. Well, anyway, Richard, we've forgotten more than we can remember, but I think we can give you enough to write a decent first book so we can put some money into our nonprofit or at least uh, get the Maybe show you going. know.
2: All, maybe all mm-hmm. three of us can put together with with um, uh, Andy and, and Richard and you and myself, all four of us, or one, two, three, four, yeah, four of us, and uh, that way we just knock it out real quick and just you know record record what we're all saying and then have it all teletyped up and then massage it a little bit and you've got a whole story right there.
1: Yeah, let's. Uh, if Andy, but you got you got to explain to Andy it's not his fault. As brilliant as he is, he doesn't understand how his dad working for the – was a contractor for the government, we'll just say. And I worked, and when you and I both were to Grumman and we were getting along really good, and I gave you my skull and bones ring to remember you, and you don't even know remember what you did with that, right? Nope. <laughs> but no. But you got it, I think, in your jewelry box, but – uh Anyway, uh, go
2: ahead. I'll I'll check and see.
1: Well, uh, uh, Richard, Richard, write down May tenth, nineteen sixty seven, and then write down when Ken and I met the second time, May tenth, twenty seventeen. Now, when he and I met, they brought Andy, because Andy was running for president, and Louis Reinhardt had come on my radio show, whether he's a plant or a real musician. He was a musician, and I was a musician. And uh, my first husband was a trumpet player with lots of Doc Severin and Bob Hope and all these people like I was. But Lewis liked the musician part of me, but he didn't know anything about the UFO part. But he remembered my daughter. He came on this show, the one we're talking on nine years ago, and he wanted to meet Andrew Bashago, and I was in Andrew Bashago's Project Pegasus on Facebook. Okay. So he asked okay. if I could get him to meet Andrew Bashago. So that's how Lewis on my show and Andy came on my show. And Andy was on two or three times. Uh, On this show And you know this radio station Or T.J. Mars T.R. He was on Revolution Radio And we've lost him So uh, he'll have to start all over I'm sorry or You could use those But uh, I can go back And see if Andrew's on one of these But I think he was on a team With me, Janet, Karen Patrick And Brad That helped Ken come through because I wanted Ken to have a book on the radio show and I was going through you know everybody needs a book so they helped him get his book done but we could never get Andy to complete his book he was busy and moved from Washington to California to over to North Carolina or South Carolina and then back he went out to stay at Janet's in Hawaii and he and then from Hawaii, I think he went back up to Washington, and that's when I mediated between him and Andrew Bush, Alfred Lambert Mount Weber. And then he came back. But then keep in mind that Ken and I, with Andy, all met in person May tenth, 2017, for a reason.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I don't know what that reason was, But Ken told me it was to write a book because he had talked to uh, the same guy that Janet talked to. And Bill, the government, when I went to date, they had me drop a load and said it was very important that I get to Dayton, Ohio, and meet Bill. And so I had to go on base, and take – it was all airport parts – And I guess I dropped off some airport parts, but it it was ridiculous. I did. I had a meeting with Bill in a hangar, and it was that Bill Tompkins, right? Uh, Ken, the one that had all the, uh, he had the map of all the stuff we were doing. You remember who I'm talking about, Ken? I remember the name Bill Tompkins, but not. Oh, you remember. But you you met him, I thought, at Desert Contact in the desert.
2: Uh, I, was, well, the, the main... I was
1: at Las Vegas Mufon
2: no, Bill Thompson no. uh, yep. You
1: brought me his book you, had, you brought the book You told me you were going to bring the book And you did And you sat down with me And you split it open in the middle And I don't remember after that It's like I have a blank Do you remember what you were telling me?
2: Not a word Not a word I'm sorry, because I mean I've I've been brainwashed if you want to. Uh, where I've had a, a brain erasure. Yeah, they were, a lot of the things that I've had. You think
1: Andy will? You think is, Andy will remember? What is it about the William yeah. Tompkins book? Me, you, NASA, and Andy and Project Pegasus, and I think Richard, write it down. It had something to do with. Time, space, gravity, and yep. it was, you picked him or something, because Bob Lazar was working on it, and uh-huh. William Tompkins and I and Tom, we were all working on the same project, and it had to do with space, time, gravity, dark matter, space, and you uh. Cosmology, you know And uh, Story Musgrave didn't believe In any of this But we had Story come on And he went on Tommy's show He talked to me, he was taking his jet Back and forth From here in Florida over to uh, California over there To At, uh, at what was it? Hey, I forgot now. My brain won't work now Well, anyway
0: Uh-oh
1: it's uh, Richard, Yeah Richard You've got enough to get this book started, but you've got to use May 10th for 50 years from NASA till twenty. we met. And then you can write the next book after me and Ken and Andy discuss up to that day when we meet. And we have the ACO meeting that you're now the director – or no, you're the president of. Well, no, you're a director, too. So the three of us are directors. You just happen to wear the hat for the club. Uh, Ken, that's the club of people that don't have any money or, or whatever. They just know, know us on the YouTube.
0: Are you talking about me?
1: Yeah, you. Me, There's you, no and uh, Richard. Uh, well, it was like when we met with Andy. Nobody was making any money, but we were trying to do a fellowship. And right. so you put in the book – this is the beginning of ACO and you took the secretary of the minutes of the meeting and I've and got a I, copy of them.
2: Yeah, I gave yeah, them. Yeah, you to got them. a
1: copy I, and I got a copy.
2: No, you have the copy. Only you had the only copy. I, I didn't keep it. I gave it to you. How how did we were getting I've the got part? The,
1: oh wait, you gave me the I've got the originals? Yeah. Well, then I wrote the, emailed it you a copy, right?
2: Well, everything that you I wrote I
1: down,
2: other... that I wrote down and kept the notes, kept notes of that meeting, I gave them all to you as before as we left.
1: If you can remember that, then you have selective memory, because for a long time you can remember nothing. So well, something's yeah. going on with you and me, because I have brain fog too. So, Richard, whatever. Ken and I did It affected me him and Ken and it has to do with time Space gravity and The aliens wouldn't give us that Other metal Because it was off planet I remember that And Bill Tompkins Was writing that story And he must have put it In the book because Ken Me and Andy Went blank again and we All haven't even been back together since.
2: That's true. So
1: <laughs> what's going on?
2: It uh, sounds like to me that, that we're we're being kept muted by not being able to be together. This fact of, of being Well um, they
1: had that one they had two people involved on the Project Pegasus with the Navy that were saying it wasn't true so they could do misinformation, disinformation and information. And then uh, Robert Mellot M-E-L-L-O-T Was one of the scientists And he was black And I think Andy repelled him I think he was scared of Andy But he wasn't scared of me And that Neil deGrasse was just for You know how they do the front people Like the presidents of the United States Are just the front people You know like the PR anyway, person
0: We're getting way well, off topic <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're,
2: you're going to be the president of this. So hopefully, people and, uh, listening in will follow along. People listening in will follow along with us and find out how how we're getting from point A to point B to get more information, than than
1: we'll they'll have can, it. So. Uh, how does how do uh, do you still have that Bill Tompkins book? Because he died. Janet told me he died.
2: I'll have to go through my whole she library. She was with and, him in
1: a wheelchair.
2: You don't recall the huh? name of the book, see? Do you? you? don't recall the name of the book,
1: do you? I don't agree really, Bill Tompkins. I think his name was William Tompkins. But they told me to meet him. Well, I met him in uh satcom. I met him in San Diego in a hangar, and they had me meet him in Dayton, Ohio. But I thought he was down at NASA with us. He, I thought he told me. He was in NASA because he was flirting uh, with me
0: because I was,
1: you know, with the secretarial pool. You know what I'm saying? He was a flirty yeah. kind of guy. But yeah. he, they wanted me to meet him again while I was driving a truck in Dayton, Ohio. But I don't know what the meeting was about. And they hurry up and acted like, okay, we're all here. And then we all dispersed. And I didn't know what the hell. I left there crazy. I was like, what the hell did we just do, and what what went on? And they told me, don't worry about it. Just, you know. But there's some spooky stuff that went on that I don't understand. Do you but know what the name of the book? Huh? Do you know the name of what?
2: the book? Or was
1: there a name of the book? No, you didn't tell me the name of the book. I did what? Janet, Janet was pushing him around in a wheelchair or something. And uh, he and her were talking. Uh, about me, you, and Andy, and her, and the psychic abilities. And he told her she was a like an old soul and stuff, because she's a cute little blonde, and that was his way. But it was right before he died, because he was working. They called me right after you, me, and Andy met, and I had to go into uh, a meeting at the Tampa Hospital and have a special uh, meeting with... Bill Tompkins, uh, somebody else, his wife or his secretary or somebody about that book. Uh, right after you and I, it was like May 17th, May 20th, June, something. But I had a meeting with uh, his agent or his wife. It was a woman and him and, uh, talking to me and a couple of men in the back. It was on one of those uh it's a special boardroom at Tampa, at the Moffitt Tampa Hospital where they had those Nordics working. They they confirmed they were Nordics, you know, like Nordic, N-O-R-D-I-C people. Yeah. And they had Ginger because she was extraterrestrial born and had uh, that uh, E.T. in her. She had one of those, uh, what do they call them, smart things like in Houston? They were calling Houston. At the uh, rice or somewhere Those uh, she had smart Entity in her like a piece of uh, Like I do in my back It looks like uh, It's thinking Dot or something it's electric The attorney Told me they don't know But they were real spooked by it So uh, They did cut my back open To look at it And uh it was real, real tiny, but it ran, and my daughter had one in her, and they tried to kill her and get rid of it, and they got rid of all – they called it uh, – somebody poisoned her after she came on the show and uh, told us about her UFO stuff. That Lewis Reinhardt and her had something. I better shut up now because I'm giving too much information, but I don't know what's going on. I would really like to know. I'm just as curious as everybody else. It will make a good show. But I have no clue. Uh, Me and Ken, uh, people don't like to work with us because we're brain fog. But if you're true, Richard, if Richard has the patience, Richard, I do remember when they gave me my polygraph, and I had been a corpsman at Balboa, you know, HM3. So they tried to show me. In eighty seven when they brought me through on a Thursday rehired day. It was probably May eleventh by that time on the Thursday, because I came through on a Wednesday and a Thursday. Let's
0: just interject. In a way, not that in I'm trying way to way, cut you way. off. Not that I'm trying to cut you off, but I mean you're you're going into bits and pieces of the past and the best we can do for the audience is to say, Well, in the upcoming future there's going to be a book Yeah. Uh, and this okay. book will entail a bunch of interactions with, uh, you know,
4: <laughs> ETs, <laughs> ETs,
0: and Men in Black, and all these various sundry experiences and so forth. And uh, we'll keep you updated as far as, you know, how far the book has gotten or when it's, when it's going to be produced in full. Um, and in the meantime, of course, I will have to have individual sessions. Uh, so that in turn, I can begin to write this book. Um, so I guess they'd be kind of memory sessions, you could say, in a manner of speaking, um, where basically
1: well, you, <laughs> you, you repeat it back properly. When you so, if you can just type the way you talk, we'll be okay. And then you'll just have to dig the parts out. But Ken and I, it doesn't. We don't know what's gonna. Trigger the memory, do we can?
0: Well, hopefully it'll it'll you know come about or whatever. Um,
1: Ken triggered me. I don't know what he did, but it me. We're already
0: at the top of the second hour, just so you know.
1: Are you there, Ken?
0: <coughs> oh, I'm still here.
1: All right, we're. Get, did I scare you? to spook you, Ken? Because I spooked your friend Andy. Are you spooked, Jim? Yeah. What? I'm sorry.
2: but as I told you, I'm, I'm, I've been listening all the way through.
1: Are you okay?
2: Yeah, I'm fine.
1: Okay, so you, this, this talk didn't bother you because it scares most people. The what? They the can't what handle it. Oh. Apparently nothing. I don't think you're scared. All right, well, just uh, – I don't. You have that book that William Tompkins he signed it for you and everything. He autographed it. I thought. You're
2: talking about for me? Didn't he autograph it? Well, I'll, I'll I thought
1: have time.
2: As <laughs> we get through, I'll go through the whole library I've got here and stuff. I and, thought uh, you
1: met him. You met David oh, Wilcock.
2: Anyway. I, met
1: Tom,
2: I met Tompkins. Anyway, go ahead. We're 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 sort of babbling back and forth, and this is supposed to be communication with our guests that are listening to us, but, Perhaps they understand that that's what we have to do. What we have to do in order to to make headway, and make progress, is, is to dig the information out of All each right, other. We'll,
1: we'll, we'll do this again, but I don't know because we know stuff, Ken. And there's pieces that need to be put together, and I'm not the one to do it because I'm involved. That's why Richard would be good to do this for us, and he'd be a good a moderator. All right, Ken. Well, you and I'll just try to meet. We'll come back Sunday, but let's talk spiritual. Uh, we always get, get off on this UFO stuff, and I think there's a reason for it, but maybe that's because it needs to be told or written. Okay. Well, I'll, yeah, uh, I, I,
0: I wholeheartedly believe that the message tonight was basically one of allowing people or telling people to broaden their minds because, yes, first contact could in fact happen before the year is through. Um, and we're not we're not on the inside, so we don't really know to what extent or how or where or when or anything of that nature. Only the impression that this is going to come about. And of course, uh, you know the, the the general theme is that it will be peaceful, and that of course they will look similar to us as far as other beings are concerned. Um, so therefore, well, there won't be necessarily a big panic. This is what Ken and I had been talking talking about for about
1: half an hour or so. Guys. Yeah, yeah. I got the last 20 minutes or so, but no, that's why I wanted to tell you about the warning sign and uh, going on Area 51 and then Ken and me and the Tompkins part, but I didn't know how to put it together, which is obvious. So Ken... We did make progress today because Ken and I were both brain fogged today, Richard, to be honest. So you did a good job, Richard. So, uh, (laughs) Ken, I think we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. I can't confirm or deny anything about the government, and you and I have been out of it so long it doesn't matter anyway. But Richard can tell some pieces, and then – I was just saying that when I watch some of this stuff on TV, knowing the truth, it really – I'm like, what? What?" You know, and so it's just hard to watch these kids putting together stuff that we live through, Ken, is all. You know what I'm saying? It's really hard to see them not put the history together on the History Channel, which I respect, but History Channel needs to get the people they're putting on their television shows and Rick, Ken can uh, Richard can start writing it, and then we'll present the truth. It probably won't be till we're dead, but hopefully before then.
0: Hopefully before then.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, love and light. Can we come back Sunday then and do uh, y'all want to do more life after life spiritual stuff on Sunday if you want yeah. to?
2: May have a whole All lot right, more Ken, to talk
1: about. Yeah. Well, Ken. Uh, try to write down any notes when we talk Keep a note pen And I will do the same And Richard will try to be the moderator And put the book together uh, Richard uh Good luck on your first book, getting that out in pieces, your chapters. I just do separate chapters. But start working on this one if you can because I think this is the one that needs to come out because I don't know that they're going to show up other than the way they do with people because that's the way they train people. It's all about teleological and growing individually up to their levels that you go to other places in space if you qualify and work that way, and that's what most of the religions teach and taught. In Jesus and Ascension. So it's all about the same story. It just depends on who's telling the story. Folks, remember we're the authors of our own life story. And I apologize if uh, I listened for a long time and then I just had to say something because Ken pushed my button and I wanted to tell him before I forgot. And then I I forgot by the time, you know. All right. Well, love and light. We'll see y'all Sunday. And hopefully it'll be on the Divine Guided Cosmos Ascension, Cosmos Oracles. nonprofit Sunday three o'clock with Ken which is Ken Johnston and he'll be Pastor Ken Sunday. Three o'clock Pastor Rick. Oh oh that's his time. That's five okay. o'clock your wait. What time is right. it your time? Is, is that right? It's four yeah. o'clock my time. i right. right. three o'clock
0: Ken's time. Four o'clock your time, five o'clock mine.
1: There you go. <laughs> There you go. We'll get it together, folks. Get, you know, we're all uh, seniors, but we are volunteers. Love and light, guys. You did a good job. I apologize at the end, folks, but we're—it's just we haven't done this, and we're—we're we're learning by real life lessons, showing up. So if you keep showing up, Ken, we're going to get a book written. <laughs> I hope. All right. Yeah, good luck, Richard. On there. Okay. okay. Love and light, people. You can go back and listen. Bye, everybody. See y'all like Sunday. I Bye, enjoyed it. Thank
0: you. Love and like. Go well, ahead,
1: Ken. Ken yes, Johnston ma'am. on Facebook. mars one gmail at com. if That's you right. want to email him. If you heard anything you liked about him and Ken's moon, and he can send you a copy, or you can order it on Amazon. Richard's working on our book, but he is RT Knight thirty five, right, Richard at Gmail dot com. Yep. If you That's correct. If you gotta get in touch with him today, he'll watch his RT night thirty five if you got something to add to the book, R T night thirty five at Gmail. He's our literary uh put together guy <laughs> editor. All right. And I am T J Marsh agency at Gmail. And hey, we did a really good job because we didn't fade uh, Ken faded in and out and we'll figure that out. It may be his phone. But, Ken, we'll work with you on that, okay? But you did a good job, Ken, remembering. Thank you so much. I enjoyed being part of the team. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. You did a good job. Thank you. Have a good night.
3: Say the bluegrass trains are coming from the Flat and Ralph Stanley's given hug, and the bluegrass train.